Just when we thought it was safe and COVID had gone away, the pandemic of Wax Pack Miracle returned to your airwaves after a bit of a break. The boys, uh, me, Brian, Dan and Ryan are all back. Welcome back, gentlemen. What yep. have we been doing since we last got together? Uh, about, oh, six, seven months ago now. Uh, let's start with the entrepreneur from Three Strike Cards himself, uh, Mr. Dan Hewitt. Dan, what have you been up to, fella? Um, well, set up a business, I suppose. <laughs> it's out there. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of work with uh, with Three Strike Cards, a lot of stuff sort of behind the scenes. Um, there's a lot of, uh, maybe a lot more that, that goes into trying to, trying to get all the cards and keep them at a sort of level that, you know, people not 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 that people in the UK won't spend the money, but obviously with having to add import tax to it, it's it's all you know official, and, and we have to pay that tax and all that sort of thing. With having to with having to do all that, trying to keep stuff affordable for people. Um, I know we're going to touch on it, but there's there's been a lot of stuff that simply we basically can't order. If you know what I mean, it's just it, it'd be so expensive after you've done the import tax and that that it's just not worth it's just not worth getting in um i know we're going to touch on that um i'm sick and tired of the nfl already five six weeks in <laughs> however long it is um i hate the nfl uh, <laughs> um i generally don't like being a new york sports fan um uh, personally i uh, i know I, I, I stuck down on on record at some point in this um in this show that I wanted to uh, wanted to do a triathlon. Um, personally, I've been on some massive sort of um, get fit scheme. I've got a 10k coming up in three or four weeks. Anybody wants to sponsor me, hit me up. I'm doing it for uh, doing it for a charity that is that's quite close to my heart. Um, give me a shout and I can I can direct you into me uh, into me just giving page. Um, and the triathlon is booked for April next year. So that is so that is finally going to happen so after April hopefully I'll be able to uh, sit here and say I'm a triathlete nice is that f- full triathlon then no no I'm not that silly <laughs> no um, I'm, I'm oh, you know I, when I first started people said oh you know they look at like Ironmans and stuff like that and go are you going to do that um, and I kind of thought nah there's no way um, the, the more I do it the more I think long long term maybe that could be uh, that could be a goal but next year I'm doing a in April I'm going to do a sprint triathlon which is quite a short one and then I'm hoping by September I'm going to do an Olympic distance one so the same thing that like Johnny Brownlee and all of them all of them sort of people do that's that's the aim anyway excellent stuff Brian what have you been up to mate we see you sitting in your nice new kitchen now so obviously you've You've uh, moved up in the world. Yeah, moved up in the world and out. It's what you do when you get older. You uh, you move out into the countries, back into the countryside. So, uh, so I, I'd like Dan. I I try be trying to get out. Uh, it's uh, more about nice country walks, but uh, um, I'm a little bit more into drinking too much and eating too much these days. And so that all cancels itself out. I can't really see myself running. I actually played football for about ten minutes. Uh, with my nephew a couple of weeks ago and I thought I was having a heart attack so um, the thought of swimming and cycling no no I'm good thank you very much um, but yes <laughs> moved out moved out to the sticks um, moved out to sticks um, just uh, settling into life and work and stuff and how it is like you know 
with not having to go to the office. Uh, it's a, well, I've been to the as lie. I've been to the office once, but uh, in the last eighteen months or whatever it is now, um, you know, and just settling down to that. Football wise, I mean, we might get into a little bit of that about where we are at currently with our teams and stuff like that. But um, obviously, it was a weird draft for me, as you boys know. I normally go all out with st- the draft and stuff, so couldn't happen this year like just too busy with work and like I said the move is probably part of the reason why we haven't really had a chat for so long um and and uh, but then started to pick up so now I got back really into my analytics particularly the NFL side and, and also with college football so that's been keeping me pretty busy and um yeah went to the game on Sunday so uh, I can talk about that a bit but uh, that was um good and the good and bad on that one but uh but yeah just literally if i'm being honest it's a it's an odd one um with the hobby and stuff um i feel like i'm on a down year but not out of choice and you know i'll talk about that but um but it's a bit of an odd one and obviously we're in flux at the moment but uh, enjoyed the baseball season certainly the latter part anyway as a cardinals fan it was good um uh not not really looking forward to the nba season um, I'll be honest, NBA Top Shot hasn't actually got me into the sport, although I did get very obsessive with that as a collecting platform. Again, another subject, because um, you all know the reason why I did that was uh, for the football aspect. And uh, it is coming, boys. It is coming. So, uh, But we're all good. And I'm really, 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 really pleased to be speaking to you boys again. It's great. Excellent stuff. Uh, what we're talking in my life, same shit, different day, working lots Unable to to get abroad until uh, went to Lisbon. Was it September with the boys? Went away yeah, for a say. very nice. Went away for a nice few days, and we didn't disgrace ourselves the first night. But we drank so much the first night we couldn't drink the rest of the three three remaining days after that. <laughs> boys will be boys, and all that. So uh, yeah, it's going to the gym quite a bit. Uh, couldn't get tickets for the NFL uh, for some reason. Our Wembley season tickets for 12 years, how long it's been here. We were declined access even when it came to the Wembley season ticket holders. A lot of people got knocked back. Ticketmaster is a shambles when it comes to buying tickets for, for anything for concert, sports, for in this country. Uh, but yeah, probably the biggest news that the boys will know about. So anyway, is uh, yeah, there'll be a gnashing of teeth and they'll be wailing in the streets of millions of women around the world now. But uh, this this boy is probably off the market. So uh, <laughs> met the most amazing woman. Uh, been together a little bit now. Both very happy. Tinder gonna... shares no. have absolutely plummeted. <laughs> Not going to name her and shame her on here because uh, she's just generally nice, amazing, beautiful. Boys have seen that, so below the score. So yeah, both very happy, and uh, long may that continue. No massive plans to do anything silly. Obviously, neither is going to get married again into that sort of shit. But yeah, we've got an eye on the future and down the line of what we're going to do together and stuff. So, so that's good. Uh, it's kind of calmed me down uh, in a way that I've never had before. I just feel this sounds really mumbo jumbo. It sounds like we're going to like some sort of women's hour podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have inner peace now with her in my life, so it's so it's all good. She's amazing, and I love you very much, darling. But right, sick buckets down. Let's get back to what we're actually here to talk about, and that is the state of the sports card hobby. So much has happened since we since we last got together. Uh, so many places we can start. I think probably 
best place we can start is the news that Fanatics have basically taken over the entire bloody hobby. So, Ryan, start us off with Fanatics, mate. What's your opinion now the dust is kind of set on the announcement? Yeah, um, I think that, that that's right. I think it's a really good way to start in terms of the dust has settled because I think initially it was quite sort of, you know, knee-jerk reactions across the hobby in terms of thinking, well, where where things are at. And I, like, I think we talk about it quite a lot off on, offline. We, we, and we, we've been... been lazy bastards over the last seven months to talk about it online and but um uh, with everybody else but the reality is is a lot of the voices you hear are people who are connected in the hobby um and i mean when i say connected they're part of the food chain that goes on in the hobby so a lot of people are thinking about where their position might be in an, in a new hobby world i think it's whatever it is post 2025 um or is it hockey first anyway but before that so so like everybody sorts of talks in a, in a bulb of you know I've got a business or I've got an online hobby business or whatever it might be that they're running, breaking, whether it's distributors, whether it's promoters, whether it's producers of the actual cards themselves and whether it's the actual big companies, the big players that we're talking about in terms of tops, upper deck and and certainly Panini um, and the licenses and how that's working. But I think it shouldn't surprise anybody. We've been having discussions. I know we did on the podcast initially. God, we had it like several years ago um, around college football, and, and players being able to sell their rights, and when that happens, it will explode the whole thing in terms of, uh, in terms of what you know, in nil, in terms of what 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 athletes can actually do with their with themselves and their product. And if you combine that then with what happened during COVID, or really, uh, I looked at some numbers about this. I'm not going to go into loads of detail, but I looked into numbers about what was the actual impact of COVID in terms of the hobby, um, and certainly in terms of um, some of the card prices, because we sat there sort of around about that sort of uh, May time uh, of last year, thinking that the hobby had just completely gone off and low thing, everything was overpriced. And I did quite a lot of number crunching over the last couple of months about that. Um, and the the actual market, the secondary market didn't. It's really weird. It went up in massive volume, but the prices of cards actually stayed not as high as they had been the year before in terms of other bumps. Very, very strange. And I think that's because we already were on the rise like we're already getting to the point where the hobby was starting to get really big. And that was more to do with the sort of, you know, the 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 Gary Vanderchuk type stuff, the internet stuff, the sneaker culture coming in. And then COVID just like exploded it. It probably would have been got to that point. It just kind of um, uh, got there really quick, much quicker. But we were already getting to that point. Um, and then we come in with like, you know, so I've been playing around with NFTs and things like that. And I just think that there was an era of inevitability around about money that people outside the hobby could see the amount of money that could be made within um, within um, making money out, out of the sport, out of sports, in terms of out of the endorsements, in terms of that. And I think that fanatics have um, certainly just, in reality, have just come in and bulldozed the whole thing and said, we're not even going to bother with any warm-up here. We're not going to bother with telling people we might be interested. It's literally, we're going to go and negotiate deals with the NFLPA or the NFL, same with um, and baseball, same with basketball, same with, 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 with hockey. We're just going to negotiate deals and then that's it. We're going to take over the whole thing. The, the issue is, is that we don't really know what that's going to look like yet. And I know that they've been teasing little bits and pieces, but not enough to actually know from a hobby, somebody as a collector's point of view, and that's what I'm talking about, to know enough about what actually is going to happen and how it interacts with me as a collector. Um, 
we don't know whether they're going to buy licenses. We don't know whether they're going to buy back or, or, or go to Panini, for example, and say, well, we want to have all your trademarks and we'll offer you X. Um, same with, with other, the other producers. We just don't know that information. But what I do know is, is I think that it's a really good time to take stock. I think it's a really good time to sort of consider some of the other things that you can do within the hobby. And like I said, I've been doing some NFT stuff. Um, I think the future probably, in my view, it it should limit in terms of create, it should limit or get rid of many of the barriers that distributors put up for us. Um, but then that creates a monopoly for one company. So I can see everything basically being online. I can see it basically all all purchases being online and through a fanatics type portal. Um, I think that could be quite exciting in some ways. I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how it will affect breakers, um, but I can see all of that being through an online portal. The other thing is I think might be interesting is, is that obviously fanatics have huge distribution, not just in the US. They have huge distribution across the world. So I'd be very interested to see whether they were gonna, whether you'd be able to purchase product in the UK or in Europe um, and not just through US. And I'm, I don't just mean like a half-assed thing that Panini UK do. I mean like you could literally purchase any release project product in the UK. So I think it's it's it'll be interesting. I think it's just completely different. I think it's very similar vibe to when Panini came in, uh, and we and you know for the first couple of years that was a bit rough, but they settled it down and brought out some really good products. Um, tail ending off I think at the moment unfortunately but you know I think I genuinely don't know until it starts and until we have more information but at the end of the day I have no control over it that's what I was thinking so it's just part of the hobby it the hobby changes all the time just because um for people who've been around it for a long time you know we have different companies duck in different companies duck out but I do think that we it will move to a, just a complete online culture and that's it um, I think in terms of purchasing everything else, I wouldn't surprise me either if Fanatics even got involved in the breaking game and all the other bits and pieces that might go with the hobby. Then, yes, apparently Tops and Panini, they all said they were completely blindsided and they weren't even uh, allowed to negotiate. Uh, are you surprised by by that move from uh, the MLB and NFL and such like? Or is it purely just that, that money talks? I'm not, I'm not surprised by the move from... Um the MLB and the NFL, I, I am quite surprised that companies that we would consider as big as Panini and Tops have allowed, not al- not allowed, but managed to be blindsided by by another company coming in and, and bidding for your bidding for your licenses. I mean, all right, we're talking what is it four years is it 2025 2026 fanatics are going to get some of the the nfl deals <clears throat> the nba deals whatever it is um I, i'm i'm amazed that tops and panini were both sitting there going well i've got four more years of this i don't even need to don't even need to think about it um <clears throat> surely even if you even if you get a 10-year deal the next thing you're working on is how do i get another deal you know, to 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 secure me for another ten years after that. Start start negotiations on your next deal straight away. I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was that they would just sit there and 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 soak it up. From the NFL and the the, the league specific point of view, it, it makes absolutely perfect sense. They're getting loads more money out of this out of this deal with Fanatics. <clears throat> the players are getting more money. Uh, the leagues are getting more money. So 
why wouldn't they? Why, why wouldn't they want to sign it? Um, in terms of how I feel about it, I, I'm a bit suck it and see. Um, to be honest, I don't. I'd, um, I'm not convinced by what um, Ryan was saying. That I don't think it'll. I think it'll be large proportion online, but I don't think. I don't think they'll cut off hobby shops and 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 stuff like that. I think there'll still be access to products out, outside of online, um, or I'd like to think there would be. Um, but I'm not really one of these sort of doom and gloomers that that's it now it's going to be terrible at the end of the day like we said panini took the license for for nfl it hasn't been we've had plenty of gripes about the products they've produced and everything else but we we know for a while they've produced some really good products as well so you know it's not it's not the be all and end all that just one company one company owns everything it's, it'll be interesting to see how much control they try and take over it i mean the grading side especially is an interesting aspect for me mm. because i don't know as for me a company that produces a product then being responsible for grading it i don't know how much water i hold in that grade then because if i make a card i'm going to say they're all 10 gem mint just because i can um so i'm not i'm, I'm not conv- i'm not convinced by sort of how that would stand up if you know what i mean um, but I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if that's some sort of route that the, the route that they want to go down. Um, I just think it'd be difficult if, you know, they get like a NK set and there's loads of eights coming out. Are they going to really release a product graded by their own company that's all that's all graded eights? I don't, I, I don't know whether whether they do that or not. Um, but it'll be it'll just I, I'm happy to just let it play out. Basically, let's let's see what happens. Um, as equal in my head, as equal as I think it could be terrible. I have as many thoughts that think oh, it could actually be a really good thing. It could cheapen the whole process, you know, like distributors are cut out, so we're all going to gain from that fact. We can buy direct from fanatics rather than having to go through a distributor. Um, obviously, we talked about um, setting up the business and what have you, and the, the dealings I've had with distributors. It's um, you ask for you ask for allocation. Obviously, I'm a long we're a long way down the allocation charts. Um, you ask for allocation, you don't get allocation, and on the Friday you don't get allocation. On the Saturday, I can buy boxes off the same distributor at full market value. Um, it was interesting; they didn't have any of them to give out on the Friday. Um, and you know, and I think that sort of practice stops. <laughs> so, yeah. on, on, from that front, that's going to be a great thing. Um, so, I think we'll just time will tell. Basically, we'll just have to see what happens. Switch licenses that goes first. Is it baseball that goes first? Is it two or three years' time, maybe? I, th- I think and it I'm... is baseball, isn't it? Yeah. I think it is base- baseball goes first, and then football, and football and basketball go at a similar time, don't they? I think they go yeah. at the same the same year. Um, because baseball is the, the, the traditionalist part of the hobby. That's where people have collected Bowman and Tops for for, for generations, and that's that's be. Uh, a big market for them that's their, their entry point into taking over the license they need really in my opinion to acquire the brand names that will keep them going because a lot of the people that play baseball cards football and especially basketball is like the younger the get up and go people that are looking to flip and make money they see as a hobby as a business now people that collect baseball cards yeah there's money in them but we know you don't buy a, a rookie baseball card and flip it overnight. That's something you lie on for four or five years. Then it can make you some money. People that collect baseball cards are the the kind of the American versions of the hipsters. They're the guys sit there. They drink their real ale and they've got all going back to when they were kids. They've got sets going through this set and the other. And they 
they update sets, they like the history of the sport, the history of the sets. <clears throat> Bringing in completely new sets in, in, in baseball, I think they have to be very careful because they could get rejected quite badly by by that side of the market. So that's definitely something that's going to be interesting to watch when it does come in. I think that's a pa- um, isn't that isn't that the balance that they've they're going to struggle with anyway. And I think that's probably the bit where you start where where, where you're going to have most of the debate in the hobby when it all really kind of wraps up when whatever they're doing. We all know that they they, they may have an option like uh, to to buy some of these companies like the the Fanatics Trading Card Company is what valued at 10.8 billion pounds without even making a trading card but that's the va- that's the asset value in terms of what they valued the company because obviously they they had to sell shares in it to to the various different player associations and the NFL and the NLB Panini's like what 1.6 I can't, I can't remember quite remember 1.5 1.6 billion like so we may we the, uh, certainly an option is still on the table that fanatics may say actually what we are going to do is we will buy up one of those these companies either buy out tops or or, or, or buy panini um i think it's quite funny <laughs> somebody says they're by leaf i'm not quite sure how many licenses leaf actually hold <laughs> um and uh, looking at their some of the designs i'd be questionable about whether you want to really buy them um Love, love Brian though. Love him. Hey Brian. Um, but, but, but I think so. That's obviously an option for them. The other option, of course, is they could buy copyrights without buying the businesses. If it, that that might be a way of making Panini making certain money, or Tops making money, so they could still bring out Bowman and all that kind of stuff. But it would be under Fanatics, produced by Fanatics. Um, or like you just said, Brian, it, 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 they could go completely clean slate, and we're going to produce our own our own products now the thing that i think is is that particularly when you bring in somebody like josh luber in to, to to run not run the show but he's vision chief executive or some sort of wanky title right um is the fear that i think people may have and i have is that they will cater towards the newer collector with a majority of products to be fair Panini are doing the same thing now, so I can't really knock that. In terms of, we see a lot of products which are parallel, heavy parallel based, uh, can get them in all sorts of configurations. You know, blasters, hyper boxes, whatever new names they'll come up with to basically charge you more money for less wank in the box, um, and so all that kind of stuff. In terms of, like I said, cards that people might want to grade um, rather than sort of hits and things like that, and that concentration, which we're going to get into tonight anyway, in terms of where we're going the hobby. But I think it'll be like where we are now, but Uber. So we'll just have like load of product that would just be really just out there t- t- for those type of collectors. The fear, of course, with that is that you end up not having some sort of traditional <laughs> collector-based products. Um, and it's very, I find it really hard to struggle right now with Panini about one product that I would say I would hardcore die in a ditch for. Whereas, you know, like I said, you know, whether it be Exquisite, Tops, whether it be Bowman, um, uh, whether it be Five Star, like those type of products, um, I would die in a ditch for. I love those products. Um, and I think that it'll be interesting. It's quite exciting. We might get something fresh and new that I might love. But I do think that there is a, we have to be realistic. I think they'll build it on the basis of the future of the hobby and not necessarily the past. 
One one aspect we haven't touched on as a way of going forward, um, as, as something I thought about that that perhaps they'll do is sort of um, allow Panini and Tops to continue to produce the cards rather than the copyright. So sort of sub sublet it to Panini. So therefore, give Panini a contract to produce flawless. There you go. You produce for us. You stick fanatics on the back rather than Panini, and 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 there you go. We'll pay you X, um, and the same with tops. So therefore, they keep the the brands alive, if you like, the ones that everybody that everybody knows and already loves, and and, and whatever else. Panini and tops keep themselves alive um, because there's obviously a conversation to be had about if they haven't got any licenses and they don't get bought out by fanatics, what are they going to do? Um, and you know, and, and it sort of allows the allows a sort of more seamless sort of step, if you like, because it's very easy to say we've bought the licenses. If I was to go out and say I'm going to produce X amount of thousand boxes of Prism right now, the setup for that must just be absolutely mind-boggling you know the, the the print presses the designers you've got to get in every, everything that plays a part in producing that card i know they've got four years to do that but with no sort of experience in the market or whatever else it almost it almost feels like that would be might be a, a daft foray into it and why not let why not let the other companies um carry on doing it when we were talking when ryan was talking about the uh, the uk though um I don't know if you recently saw um, Tops release a soccer product, mm-hmm. um, and it's a very much a US soccer product. So as we'd expect, like Prism or or whatever. I think off the top of my head, I want to say it was Inception. Um, it was released first online to the UK, and then it was released to Germany. And not a single box was sold in the US to the US market. I, f- I find, I know it's soccer, but I find that a, a, a staggering thing in the wake of in the wake of this that's happened. Are they already thinking, what can we do to sort of keep ourselves going? If you if you know what I mean, are they already exploring the exploring us as a market, Europe as a market as as a whole? It's um, it's interesting that they wouldn't they wouldn't even hold any back to, to to sell to the US what is a what is simply a US product if you like. Well, what we're saying there, in essence, saying that are our fanatics gonna gonna sublet to tops? Are they going to to buy them? I, I think we'll definitely see in the next couple of years they'll be poaching the top players from Benini and from especially from tops. Hmm. They'll yeah. end up get, going on board because. There's people that have worked in the hobby for Tops and especially Tops, but Panini as well, for 20, 30 years who know the industry inside out, who know how it works. You can't just chuck money at it and just say, right, this is how it's going to work. We're bringing this guy and that guy in. <clears throat> you will find they'll, they'll be recruiting from, from those companies and and starting whether they bring over licenses as well. That That's something that the only time will tell. It's, it's going to be something we all need to really keep a close eye on. So... But you can, I, I, I can see just on just just finally. I know we talked about like buying Panini and everything like that, or or tops. I really do realistically think they'll buy up a deck, 
and and I'll go. I'll let Dan go into what's happened in the last sort of 24, 48 hours, because I think that I personally think that is influenced by that. In my because it's got to be the cheaper option for a start. So financially, it's got to be the cheaper option. And secondly, Upper Deck does bring with it a large amount of prestige brands that you could then re-release under the new umbrella, which a lot of old, you know, which hobby hobby collectors would would gravitate towards in terms of, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd probably shit my pants if they made like, you know, like exquisite again. Do you know what I mean? But there, there are other Upper Deck products that were amazing as well. Um, uh, and certainly from a basketball perspective, some of those upper deck, upper deck, exquisite again, exquisite again, basketball has some of the most, va- they are most valuable basketball cards out there right now in terms of if you get rid of the Luka Doncic of this world. But you look at those Michael Jordans and all that kind of stuff that there's a lot, you know, a lot of those autos and stuff like that. Like people go nuts for like millions and millions of pounds for. So I, I think that is a genuine viable, I think it will happen and I think I can see the real sense in doing it in terms that you bring a load of prestige brands into your new organisation. It's a lot cheaper than buying out, let's say, a Panini or Tops. You see, where we're moving on from there is the fact that there are, I believe they call it uh, production issues going on in the industry at the moment. Dan, what's, what's happening with that, with the Upper Deck? Well, um Upper Deck have announced that they're, they're, there's a lot of products, basically, um, that are falling by the wayside, particularly in the beginning of the year. Um, they also sh- stuck on the end of the announcement that there's potentially a lot of this year's products that's still yet or scheduled to be released that perhaps will fall by the wayside as well. Um, they haven't said what the reason for the issue is. They've just come out and said that they've got production issues. And I think they've announced, they've only announced three products, basically. So there's only going to be three ice hockey products for the, for the new season. And obviously they're already behind the eight ball because ice hockey has been playing for about um, a week and a half, I think. Um, And there is no next season ice hockey product out at the (laughs) moment. So you'd usually get a series one followed by a series two um, later in the year, similar to what baseball do because it's so long a season. Um, but yeah, it, 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 but then again, as we discussed, it is affecting everybody in the issue in the industry. Sorry. Um, we talked about the amount of products that Panini have actually managed to bring to market, um, so far this season and in comparison to previous years. However, the, nobody else seems to be going on, on record other than Panini went and said, we've had a production issue, um, that was it. They didn't say anything about any products being lost or or whatever. Obviously, Upper Deck seems to have been a bit more honest about it and, and, and come out and said, this is what's happening. Um, there's only these three products coming out. Like Ryan said, though, it probably does play into the hands of falling into a falling into a potential fanatics fanatics deal. It's an interesting uh, it's, an, it's an interesting twist on it, certainly. <clears throat> Because when they're talking production issues, you read the tweets and the, and the replies that are coming to that. It's saying that some of the materials they use in producing certain products just aren't available at the moment for whatever reason. Now that's that probably is down to the pandemic. That's there's a shortage of people going out to work and and transporting stuff and and certain products that they use just aren't available to them. So. Um, do we think that's that's going to last, or 
for a, for a couple of years, or do you think it'll be back to normal within that sort of time span? It's for me. It's interesting. It's lasted this long already. Um, I, I, referring back to not not to um, not to cards specifically, but looking at um, said the, the PlayStation Five. Um, new consoles come out and and, and they sell out because companies don't produce enough of them on purpose so that they sell out and then they've they've ramped up production anyway so that six months down the line you can just walk into a shop and get one it's interesting that we're virtually 18 months on from a product releasing and you you still can't go a shop and get one you know because they've got problems with um chipsets that are produced in in china and they're having the same problems with covid and they just can't physically produce produce the product and that's the same in every industry i, I presume um everybody's facing problems via covid I, I think the interesting take with upper deck and and, and panini and, the, and this industry is is the fanatics deal and at the end of the day these are just paper on me and I, like you know i mean I, 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 it's just cardboard well i mean we could all get cardboard there is plenty of trees i agree with what you're saying about you know there's the transport issue and everything else but if it was something as simple as we just needed to tweak a design i think they'd be very happy to tweak the design <laughs> to get the product out because that's the only way they're going to make any money and that isn't that isn't happening so um there's the potential that there's more in it but yeah, there's also the potential. It's just it is just the pandemic playing in, playing into it, like everything else. Okay, let's just just move on a little from uh, the uh, the doom and gloom, and let's go on to some more doom and gloom. <laughs> why <laughs> why are prices still so obscenely high across the entire, uh, especially for new product that's coming out now? The main example we're going to give here is. Origins football, we all kind of think, yeah, it's not bad. Some of the cards are nice, some of the cards are a, a bit shitty. But when it was released a couple of weeks ago, I watched uh, Pack Cards 87 uh, opening the box. I was like, okay, not too bad. Nothing special came out of it. But they're retailing now for $575 for a single box. 2018, when I was out, in Chicago watching the Seahawks play. Uh, I was picking up boxes of 2018 Origins for $89 a box. How on earth have we got to the stage where it's six times the price for, for the same product? Who is making the money there? Panini are making it, and it's going to the distributors. Dan, you'll have some inside knowledge now as a as a a top businessman in the uh, in the card industry. In Never got that far, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only you and Steve Poland, so there's two of you, so you're both top of you. So, who's making the money here? Is it just the strip? Is it making the money? Let us know, mate. Uh, well, uh, now at the minute, it's become a vicious circle. So I know I've had the conversation on this podcast. And I've said people keep pointing the finger at Panini and saying your products are so expensive and the only people that weren't making the money were Panini 12 months ago. Roll that on 12 months and Panini have finally said, stuff that, we'll get a piece of the pie, which I don't blame them for in the slightest. However, it has then 
almost it's almost turned into a closed shop, mm. if you like. That the distributors have always been not the the sort of secondary market sellers, not the distributors, excuse me, um, the, the secondary market sellers, so the real big players, the online big players, which you could buy your boxes from, they were always the people that were making the money. They were buying from distributors for absolute pittance. Panini was selling it to the distributors for pittance because the distributors were making profit on what they were selling it for. And they were charging seven, eight, nine, ten times what they were paying for, for the box of cards. Well done them. Everybody else has gone... Nah, stuff that I want a bit of that. So distributors don't allocate as much. So like you know, like I said, we we're not on we we don't get allocations, so therefore it's, it's a bit irrelevant to us. But card shops in the states who I speak to, we're getting two three cases of product on allocation a year in year out. They're now getting two three boxes on allocation. And they're having the same conversation. On Friday, you can have two or three boxes on allocation and, and pay not a lot for them. Saturday, you can buy as many boxes as you want for full retail value, the same as everybody else has got it listed for on the website. Panini are selling direct to market, which they never did before. Um, they're now selling, like keeping back so much stock and selling that direct to market for full retail price. Fair play to them for that because they've been the ones that, for me, that have been losing out all this time. Um, but that what that produces is, like I said, it's almost like a closed shop now. Nobody's gonna not make the money. Nobody's gonna say, no, we're not gonna sell this box of cards for seven, eight hundred dollars when we were selling it for a hundred dollars three years ago. They, they're just gonna, as long as, at the end of the day, as long as people keep buying them, they're gonna carry on selling them. The best thing that could, the best thing that could probably ever happen is that we leave a load of product on the shelves at some point. It's, it's, if, 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 if the, the box prices themselves, maybe not individual cards, but if the box prices themselves are ever going to write themselves, then that for me is the only way I can, I can ever see that happening. And I can't see that happening either because there's too many wheeler dealers, flippers that are going to buy a box and sit on it and that the rookies blow up and, and everything else. So, so, Nobody is prepared to cut their profit margin down just a little bit so the product is is attainable now. Because you, you can't buy into even breaks these days without the price is just silly. Back in the good old days, as we should say, four or five years ago, there'd be seven or eight breaks a week on the UK group. Everyone get involved, 15 quid a spot, yeah, we'll have some of that. Now it's it's like rocking horse shit doesn't exist because you, you, the product is so, so expensive. You know yourself though, like online's always been sort of um, a sort of mark in the sand of how much stuff shifts for. But you, you know yourself when you've been there, you can very often find a hobby shop that will undercut the online market because if they're getting allocation and they're not spending a lot of money for it, they technically don't need to. They can they can undercut the online price because. You know they're getting it for cheaper. They don't need to make that much profit to make a decent living or whatever. We can we can deal with, you know, lowering the prices down and and looking after their their customer base. The issue being now that if you were getting three cases at allocation prices, you're now only getting three boxes. You now can't lower your prices because if you're still going to shift ten boxes of the stuff, you've got to buy seven of them at full retail. So therefore, you've got to sell it at higher than that because 
otherwise you're making absolutely nothing kind of thing literally your only profit you're making is in the three boxes you got on allocation and that's it um so you know it's yeah nobody is willing to nobody is willing to drop their profit margins everybody now wants a piece of the pie and yeah that's 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 where we are it seems a bit of a mexican standoff and i think that it would be sorry so i i i was reading uh yesterday that there are some noises in the hobby that it is slowing down so in terms of what dan's saying is in terms of there is stock that is still in texas because people are not buying it um so there there are signs now and origins was one of the was one of the products stated i think it was nt collegiate as well which has gone down like a lead balloon in terms of that pricing index for that product um and i think there was one or two others that the people cite that literally they 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 are in having trouble shifting out of their distribution in texas because people are just not willing to buy at the prices that they are i think for two reasons and i know maybe it's so what half of it's maybe optimism maybe <laughs> Uh, and some of it is, is I think, just plain sense, but is that I think we kind of have maybe hit that high water in terms of just box product. I'm not talking about like single cards and prices. I think they'll just continue to go up and graded cards and whatnot and classic cards. But I think in terms, of, I think that people just, just don't want to do it anymore. If I'm being absolutely frank, they don't want to buy a hobby box. I mean, I'm just looking at the next couple. I haven't got a price up on Lucian's. Missed that one out. Well done, Ryan. But um, Spectra, fourteen hundred for a fucking hobby box. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what you can do with that box? Three hundred bucks. What you can do with that at that price is, you know, twist that box sideways and shove it right up your handy ass. Fourteen hundred bucks for Spectra. I'm sorry. But if you buy a box for 1,400 quid, you need to get out of the hobby because you're stupid. Like 1,400. The thing is, is that a bit like with Origins, like it came out, whatever it was, 600. You can pick them up now. They're they're coming down to 540 and they'll come down to five. You'll find them in a couple of weeks at four, four and a half probably, 450. Spectra will come down. But that original price for Spectra, I'm sorry, but no. You can't... You can't buy into breaks now. Because no, even that's, uh, spot on. That's what I'm saying. Is that, that then that is passed down onto? But I haven't. I haven't bought into a commercial breaker in the US for donkeys. Uh, obviously, I'll buy into Dan some of Dan's breaks, especially if he gets onto a bit of uh, some proper stuff and gets off the leaf. But um, we, we are. We, <laughs> I see. I hate flashing that one. I, <laughs> there are some products coming up that I quite like. Look of actually. I think you should get some of it. But anyway, I'll talk about that later. But um, but. Seriously, no one can afford to buy into some of these breaks. No one can. I'm sorry. And and one of the things that I've been noticing when I have been having a look and I was watching a few breaks and obviously big, big breakers, this is one of the, well, I think this is one of the real good barometers for us. We can't buy into any breaks right now. It's either shit product or too expensive. And I mean really too expensive. Shit product or really too expensive. And normally we'd be, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say, but we would happily chuck a grand down 
on a break and we uh, if it was if it was decent and we can't right now because we're not getting the value that we used to be able to get for chucking a grand in and getting 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 good product and a hopefully a potential of breaking it's just not there at the moment in terms of mass breaking um you know you know i still enjoy breaking of course i want to look at product and stuff like that and, and down at three stripe i'm sure get some stuff in and, and there'd be all sorts of bits and pieces going on with that but the struggles of actually people like Dan and Steve are trying to start up a business in the hobby, which is great. It's fantastic, especially in the UK, but not being able to get hold of it because they are sensible enough to know that they're not going to be paying these type of prices that these products are going up on. And it's, it's interesting that we've come, we've come on to Spectra because that is literally a conversation that we've had today. And, and as I said, there's, there's products coming out that, simply make absolutely no sense in us purchasing because a you're never going to sell the box at the at the box price you're going to get it in for b you're never going to fill a break i mean you're looking at that that's that expensive you're looking at 30 40 quid for a one box break hmm. you know and that's ridiculous i absolutely ridiculous we've had we've had massive breaks over here that were like you know 40 quid 50 quid that got you into a huge break over here that's six seven eight box break you know, lesser product. Don't get me wrong, but still, it, it, it's there, and you're just not gonna. It's not commercially viable for <laughs> for us to to even be thinking about buying any Spectrum. It's just it's just ridiculous. So, because when I look at, at online breakers, I look at like Buck City and Mojo and Leightons and stuff. Those are like the kind of the go-to ones when you're I'm watching stuff at the gym or whatever. They seem to take time to sell to sell out now especially the pick your team ones when the prices come up for yeah. like the jags and mm-hmm. uh the eagles is looking uh the bears and stuff like that now it's like are you having a fucking laugh mate two grand two grand to buy into a break for like the jags you might get a trevor lawrence card that's just it's insanity pure and simple and it, and it trickles down because when three, four years ago, when we started doing this Ramshackle podcast, we were talking about prospecting and we were buying $5, $10 cards. And we were saying, oh, if the guy has a decent season, he comes from nowhere, that'd be worth $65, $70. He made a profit. Hmm. Now, just to get a fourth round quarterback who's sitting behind some with no chance of ever playing, you're looking at $250 for their card. What was it talking about? Origins, where the one of the Origins autographs for Trey Lance was worth about four times more selling on eBay than a Russell Wilson rookie auto was selling for. Mm. Now, the guy, the guy is one of the top five quarterbacks, probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. He's won a Super Bowl. But some guy who's, who's played one, one or two games and has looked average, his cards are worth more. It's The whole thing just trickles down. And it's insanity. You look in the UK group where all the time, I'll get once or twice a week, I'll have a, a flick round in there. It is, it's akin to going to the local you used to go into. You open the door, you see a load of people in there that you've got nothing in common with anymore. You shut the door and you walk away because that's what's in there. It, it's just full of overpriced tap with people trying to move stuff on and trying to flog, flog what to me is a $2 card for $35. Cheapest. Uh- I think I think look, obviously we've seen the changes over it, and I'm not going to get into some sort of like granddad type argument um, around about like the hobby changing and stuff like that. And the reason is is because 
like I said, I think there's some exciting things coming up that might not necessarily be on cardboard, uh, which might be worth collecting. Um, so, and I blame Dan, totally changed my mind on it. Um, uh, but but I think you're right. I, I absolutely think you're right. And I think like in terms of collector journeys, and I think it's probably something we'll talk about a little bit more about with, 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 uh, uh, as we go forward at some other stage or some other time. But like collector journeys is that you're, you either, for me anyway, and I know that Brian, you're the same and, 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 and I don't, it's like you, you base it on basically like, okay, there's a player this year, whether it's a rookie or not, maybe it's a player previous year. Cause like sometimes the prices come down their second year. So you're more into collecting them or you base it around a certain product in terms of, you know, like, you know, I used to love my encased, for example, or collegiate flawless or whatever it might be. Um, but right now, a, I, there's not a player that I, I, I desiredly want to collect this season. Uh, and B, the product I don't think is as good. In fact, I think it's the poorest year I've seen for a long time. Um, and it comes back to, I think, one of the little things that we said earlier. And I think some of the things that, that Brian raised is that we're getting... I, I, I never minded the idea that good parallels or good SPs or good inserts were collectible and valuable within the hobby. I, I didn't, never minded that particular idea, but I think we're starting to get to a point where it's really pissing me off <laughs> in, <laughs> in that that seems to be the only thing that's important in the hobby. Um, and maybe it's just my perception of it, but I think that's what Brian is also getting at is oh, look, I've got this shitty fucking insert from this rookie that has got to be worth like 200 fucking quid. And it's like, mate, like I'll be using that card as roach in a couple of years. So like, you know, and fair play, you know, you hit it and you want to make your money or whatever it is you want to do with it. Um, I think the smart collectors, and I think that we, we've been pretty smart about the way we've done certain things at times, is you, you stop, start, you take stock of what you're doing and what you want to do. You get you 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 try and get offload to to also then be able to reinvest into the hobby. Um, I don't feel like I'm in that situation at the moment. I just feel like I'm waiting for the next thing that's going to happen, whether that's a player or whether it's a decent product that comes out that's affordable. And that's the problem: is if a, if rank and file collectors are at that point where they are cannot afford to either get into breaks to collect the players or teams that they want to play or that they can't afford to buy boxes so they can to, to, to go and either to complete those collections or whatever they want to do, then we're going to have a problem. And the arse will fall out of the run and the mill hobby because we actually are a really important cog in the middle that keep it all churning away. You can have your investors, you can have your flippers, but at the end of the day, if you don't have your run and mill collectors who are willing to collect their sets, collect their players, then the hobby is going to be in a big, big, big trouble. Fully, fully agree with that because it, it, it's a topic that has almost always touched a nerve over here because it's always been primarily just collector based because it's so niche that the only people that were interested in it were, were yeah. collectors. Yeah, flippers have, yeah <laughs> flippers have come into the market because there's money to be made and I, I've always tried to, to, to calm the argument down by saying the whole industry needs everybody. The flip, if flippers aren't opening boxes to flip the cards, the collectors have got nothing to collect because a collector doesn't buy a box of cards; he just buys singles. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, the, the, it needs every every cog in the wheel to make the whole the whole thing go around. You know, um, 
just touching back on Origins, Origins has uh, really annoyed me this year in that it's the first year I've ever looked at Origins and thought, do you know what? I- I'd quite like to open a box for Origins because they finally got vet cards in it and now it's scandalously priced. You finally made a product <laughs> that I think looks quite nice and it, it, it is something that I'd, that I'd open and I can't open it anyway because it's stupidly priced. Um, but yeah... Um, like you say, it 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 needs it needs everybody, and it needs some. It virtually needs somebody to turn to one of those cogs to remove themselves just just enough for now to sort of correct itself, if you like. But that's what all markets do. At some point, all markets, yeah. all mar- at the end of the day, markets are not sustainable, right? They're not yeah. sustainable. It's as simple as that. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yes, I am. A raven socialist but yes but markets are not sustainable i'm afraid we've had two market crashes in the last 20 years like the previous one to that was nearly 70 years before right like markets are not sustainable so at some point the market will rewrite itself and i think that we are what i'm getting the feeling and like i said you know that's from speaking online to people in the us or other collectors um you guys um, reading stuff, whether it's blowout forums, what I'm getting the feeling that, that those first cracks are starting to appear in terms of actually the the, the market. But um, I'm afraid, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. I think it's going to take quite some time, and it could even really take us up to the fanatics deal. It could actually be that long. I don't think it will suddenly overnight crash and shit. This is brilliant. We could buy Donruss boxes again for sixty sixty dollars, seventy dollars. I, I think this might take quite some time. And to, to rewrite itself. So strap yourselves in a little bit. So you could find that fanatics have paid uh, champagne prices for what's going to be a, basically a, a cheap bottle of uh, shit wine products when it comes in five years' time. There is that possibility. Possible. Yeah. There is that possibility. You've, you've paid top market price. You've paid... Yeah, it's like in the housing market. You've paid two million dollars for, for a house, which the crash is going to occur, and that house will be worth four hundred thousand dollars at the price. Well, you know, Crypto. but look at you know, but <laughs> a good time to bring it up. Look at Topshop, right? I'd love to know what the impact of that platform has been on the NBA card market. I'd love to know. Like, just from a normal collector's point of view, not the high, not the, oh, look, I got a lamella ball and they're selling for one point, whatever it is, million, or a Luka Doncic, whatever it is. I mean, just run-of-the-mill people that would normally walk into a card shop in the United US and buy a box. I would love to know what the impact is on that part of the cog in terms of the hobby. Because, obviously, I, I, Dan got me into it, then I got really into it. I invested my $20, Built it up to a massive 350 so far. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's wheeling and dealing. That's part of it. The platform's absolutely fantastic. It really is genuinely good. It's built for collectors. Anytime that the pendulum swung in the way of investors, they swung it back by putting things in place that stopped that and made it more collector-based. Um, it's accessible. It's online. Um, and I think it was about a month after we had that initial discussion I read somewhere that he said, we are looking at buying UFC and NFL. And at that point, I went, this turns away from a bit of an experiment. See what it is. I'm going to experiment to build towards when they actually have NFL. And lo and behold, they now announce, yes, we've got everything ready to go. 
Uh, we've got the licenses and we will have an NFA, NFL type dapper, dapper labs platform by the end of this season. And I'm ready to go. And, I'm, and I think that um, if I'm being absolutely honest, unless the hobby card hobby really gets its act together or Tennessee Titans suddenly decide that we're actually going to go get somebody big or whatever it's, I don't know, in the draft next year, I can see myself getting really heavily involved in that as a collector and an investor. Has um, has the arse not fell out of it a bit? In in the top shot? Yeah, in, the, in terms of the NBA. I mean, because it, it, it was something I got involved in. Obviously, I got you involved in it. Um, I'm still involved as in I've still got my account. But the last time I actually logged in, I couldn't tell you. And at the time, when I was when I was involved in it, it was all sort of anybody spoke about oh they you know this pack's dropping on top shot you're involved and or all that sort of thing yeah it seems to have seems to have just gone off gone off the radar completely almost yeah i think what they did what they did was that they were really good at releasing packs at periodic moments within the season off season it just they just didn't bother so the market then started to like really cool out and i mean i think people actually moved away from it they brought out the WNBA stuff, which I, I, I nothing against the WNBA. I, I just didn't have any interest in collecting that. So, and then they've come back out now, and obviously the season starts, so they'll ramp that back up. But from my point of view, I'm not involved. Like Topshop to me was just a way of making like this bank to go into the NFL platform with on my Dapper, and that's exactly it. So I've sold literally. I've got one moment left to sell, and I'm out. And then, but I've got this Dapper bank now to use for the new N- and NFL project. Um, I think that they'll probably learn a lesson of that. Like they didn't, like they kept up the hype during the season, and then it just flanked off. In terms of though making money, in terms of the investment side of it, it was all down to packs. You can't flipping moments is like flipping peanuts, but if you can get packs and you can you can you can make make tidy little money out of out of flipping stuff that was in the packs. And uh, so I'm sure we'll have one whole platform, uh, one whole podcast. I'll do one on the strategy of how to they haven't they haven't got a name yet for the nfl platform so uh i don't know what they're gonna like nfl touchdown or something i don't know we don't know the end zone we don't know yet um but whenever it comes i'm sure we'll do a special podcast and i'll talk about um how to uh how to use the system and uh, make a bit of money and collect a bit on the side lovely stuff so guys what are you actually collecting at the moment if anything what have you picked up in the last few months are you still perusing ebay and picking up uh old old singles you're looking for uh, I, I know dan's still trying to collect his uh his spectra obj uh, one of one that he was looking for for years that, that's been out in circulation guys have you picked something up recently or anything on your watch list I've just uh, I've just signed up to buy a load of one on one Eli Manning printing Eli Manning printing plates. Um, I am still looking for <clears throat> to finish that uh, Spectra Rainbow off. I uh, lowered my expectations a bit and started to um, go after Jeremy Shockey cards, who's my favourite player. Um, I won't turn the camera around so you can see the six foot cardboard cut I've got of him. Um, and and just I downloaded a list the list of his cards basically and uh, just going through the older cards and 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 ticking them off as they come. Um, the other thing I'm doing that I am looking forward to getting out of because it, it's your fault, you pair. Um, but Tops Project Seventy, I'm still involved. 
still bought every Yankees card, but it's getting fucking ridiculous now. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, I, um, I, I think I, I think the other day it came to a hundred and eighty dollars, and that was just just one purchase that week. So yeah, the sooner that ends, the better, because it's just it's driving me daft. But you know, you've started something, so I can't, <laughs> no, I've got this far. We're now in October. There's no point stopping now. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack on with it. But yeah. Um, if there's a project seventy one, oh Christ knows what they're gonna call it. Count me count me out. I'm not getting involved in that next year. <clears throat> Ryan, have you been uh, any purchases in coming to your new new abode? Yeah, I've still been uh, getting a bit of uh, last year's mosaic in. Um still sort of just chugging away, getting power Titans parallels. I was kinda of looking forward to the this year's mosaic coming out and it hasn't yet, so uh, might miss the party on that because I like to. I was hoping to have a few boxes for Christmas. Um, uh, some Taylor Lewan rookie autos have been having coming in. I kind of stopped with the Project Seventy. It would just get to that point where I was just like, I can't do this. I literally can't stay in this. I'm out. I'm quitting. See you later. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so keeping keep keeping in. But uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, I, I've been picking up a few Seahawks uh, rookie cards from this year. I mean, like DS, which is, who played about one half of football. He missed two weeks with an injury, played one half of football. Uh, it's about a concussion ever since. So his cards are nice and cheap. Never mind buying Origins for like 90 bucks, which is Seahawks price and stuff. I pick up his, his out of 10 cards for about $35, so picking those up. A um, couple of old Seahawks cards I've been picking up as well. Not really bought into breaks because the price has been way too high. Uh, been playing my crypto markets. That seems to be going quite well at the moment. Uh, but as Ryan said, like any market, that's going to end. Hopefully, that the ball run, as they call it, uh, December, January time, that should be ending. I've got a couple of nice investments that, that I'm hoping will bear substantial fruit, which might mean uh, some uh, some good times ahead. But we'll see. Not financial advice, but if people want to invest in multivac, get some money in there right now because that's going <laughs> to that's going to go up and. Uh, could make you millionaires, boys. Could make you millionaires. Anyway, so so that's all good. Right then, let's finish up with how we think the NFL season's going so far. Uh, Dan, how are you feeling the Giants this season? <sighs> yeah. Um, I just, I'm, not, I'm not feeling the Giants this season. <laughs> um, it's just one shambles to another shambles to, to another shambles um i heard a rumor and I, th- I think it was i think it was the second week of the season um, when the ravens lost all the running backs in a week um everybody went on ir somebody started a rumor that they were they were sniffing around barkley and uh, I, I woke up in a panic i'd read the rumor and i'd, I'd read a tweet and a text on a of the giants fans friends and and sent him the tweet i was like look season's over week two season's over we've lost barkley that's that's the end of it at this point, I wish we'd have traded him for a bucket load of first-round picks because it, it can't it can't get any worse. Um, it's going to be a fire sale come the end of the year anyway, it feels like. We need a new GM, new head coach. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for Judge because I quite like him, but any coach that throws a red flag on a play that's automatically reviewed and costs us a timeout, it's just a dick. Um, so he can go as well. 
Um, and and we'll, we'll we'll start again. You know, the perpetual the perpetual rebuild goes on. So why not? Ryan, you must be sitting there quite smugly with your Titan season so far. Um, not really. I, 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 I have a chat with this with uh, a couple of mates, obviously on Sunday, and I just said, look, in a day we've got we, we've got injuries galore. Uh, Farley's out now for the end of the season. Um, ACL. We had twenty one on the injury report a week before last. Hilled heading into heading into the game, um, and we're churning it out and we're in the worst division in, in, in football. It's like, just give us a gimme really. Um, so, uh, my, my view is that we get to playoffs and then, then, then I'll decide how, how good we, we really are because at the end of the day, we, you know, our division is absolutely pony. Um, and we've got so many injuries. You can't really take what we actually will look like if we actually are fit at some point. Fair enough. Uh, Seahawks season. Uh, I believe our season, like the Giants, is now over. Russell Wilson's out for another two or three weeks, even before that. Uh, we've been clinging to being good for the last three seasons without actually being very good. Uh, we should have cut ties with certain people. I think this is going to be Wilson's last season in Seattle. He's going to have enough at the end of the year. He'll be traded away for some draft picks, which we need, because we gave two first-rounders up for Jamal Adams, who's playing about as as good as uh, even any of us three could do playing uh, secondary. So that's complete uh, fuck-up. Uh, our secondary is dreadful. We're getting no pressure of, on the quarterbacks. It's just not come forward. So, yeah, coming the season, either Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson or both will be gone from Seattle and it'll be start again. So it's what it is, unfortunately. But always there. I used to enjoy going to the Wembley games when the Silks were absolutely shit. There's about three Silks jerseys in the crowd. And uh, it'll be back to that in a few years' time where all these uh, people will jump off the bandwagon and they'll be wearing Titans jerseys and Derek Henry jerseys because they won two Super Bowls in a row. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Although, um, <laughs> it just seemed uh, quite funny because I love winding bubble up uh, that uh, Deshaun Watson rumours uh, started up again tonight. So... Uh, to the Miami Dolphins, so uh, uh, fun, fun, uh, fun chasing that. Apparently, Texans Dolphins could have Deshaun Watson deal done this week. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Trade deadline is—is is it end of the month or so? Ten days away, or so? Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Second of November. Second of November. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're only looking. What's the date today? Blurs into one. So we're looking. Was it like 19th? 20th? 20th today. 20th, 20th of October. Yeah. So yeah, we're talking, yeah, 12 days away. 13 days away. Two weeks, like we said, start. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that's not a good look. Not a look, good look for the Dolphins if they're taking. No, no, not at all. So, uh, he'll be, uh, he'll be missing for a substantial uh, amount of time. Yeah, right then, gentlemen. We've been going for about an hour and 20 minutes now. I'm Sweet. sure that's, uh, that's going to be more than enough for people to listen to, for people to sleep, for the insomniacs to listen to us, whatever. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Sorry we've been away for so long, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Got a lot more we want to talk about and expand on. And obviously, if you've got anything you want to say, just drop us a line via our social media platforms. Gentlemen, pleasure. As always, good to be back. Final words? 
Happy collecting with three strike cards. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Officially sponsored by three strike cards. That is us. Uh, from Ryan, Dan, and myself, Brian. Thanks for listening. This was episode 28. Episode 29 will not be six months in the making, believe me. Peace out, everybody. Peace.